y'all. Welcome to Preaching the Choir podcast with your host, me, Jen Randall. Today, you are listening to two episodes for this Saturday, and this is actually the second episode coming out this weekend, although you can listen in whatever order you please. Both of these episodes are from show choir states where there is a smaller show choir population, meaning there are not as many schools doing it, um, but both of these directors and the schools they represent have great show choir programs. Our second episode this weekend comes from Oklahoma and my good friend, Mr. Justin Rosser. Uh, We have a great conversation about um, what it's like to teach virtually, although I know we all are feeling it, but maybe just enjoy some commiseration, Um, as well as discussing starting a program from scratch, which he basically did uh, just a few short years ago. Uh, Anyway, please enjoy my conversation with Mr. Justin Rosser. who have only lived in the South, um, who've never dealt with any sort of winter weather before, the things that they did not know to do or think to do or know about was staggering to me. Like, I just didn't realize how much of what Tim and I knew was fully dependent on the fact that we lived in a place with snow for most of our childhoods. Because, like, yeah, they tell you to drip your faucet, you drip your faucet, like, because otherwise it's going to freeze. And, like, if they're telling you to drip your faucet, you also know you should fill a bathtub because that's you might lose water and we know where our water shutoff is just like you were talking about so many people did not know there was a water shutoff i'm like well what happens if your pipes freeze and then you they're like why would freeze? like just i i don't blame them for not knowing i mean why would you know if you've only lived in the south i saw all those videos of like homes just flooding like go turn your water off and they don't know how. Um, cool. Well, instead of talking about weather, um, let's talk about the other terrible thing, which is COVID, right? <laughs> um, so I know that you guys have been, I don't know, your state's been interesting to watch. I feel like you guys have been maybe more lax about some things than most other states in the country have been. But tell us what COVID has been like. Have you had rehearsals? Do you have kids in person? All of that. Well, firstly, um, it is it is a mixed bag here. And, and my district has been quasi um it, they've actually been more stringent than yeah. others in the state so well, that's great you're in a suburb of a large city so that kind of makes yes. some sense because Tulsa's like how many people Tulsa proper is about 400,000 okay so it's a decent size like metropolitan area right. for Oklahoma okay yeah. and Broken Arrow has about 110,000 people yeah yeah so really good size right um Whenever we left the school year, I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And so I just erred on the side of caution for everything. I canceled any travel. Yeah. And, you know, I we just modified the year. We decided mm-hmm. to do a best of from the years past. Yes. Which is great. <clears throat> um, and they installed into our performing arts classrooms, which I can't believe these weren't there already, but maybe this will be an impetus to put them in every, every single classroom. Yeah. Um, it was called iWave Technology, and it filters a, a large percentage, I can't remember exactly, but it's over 90% of all particulates in the air. Every 30 minutes what? you have brand new recycled air That's in your classroom. That's an option? Yeah. Why and is, like you said, everyone not doing that? 
forever and in and, and, and every classroom across the yeah, world, really, honestly. Yeah, it needs to be a honestly. standard. Oh, wow. Okay. Absolutely. Great. And you know how when you have show choir practice, sometimes it gets a little stinky? Yes. When the kids get it really yes. you know, sweaty. Yes. This, this filters even like odors out of the air. So <laughs> show choir has been like not stinky this year, which is amazing. Like, I don't know what to Love do with Love that. <laughs> um, right. Uh, we we have been in person. It's gone back and forth. If the if the cases in our community rise yeah. high enough, they will they will go to virtual learning, which for show choir is so weird. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I've I, I've watched people manage it, and I don't like it. <laughs> our faces are just like both it. like. Uh. <laughs> um, but we when we are in person, they are masked fully. Okay. And our kids so want to be there, they do not mind the mask mandate oh, at all. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that's the case for most kids. They're like, do whatever. We'll do whatever, just as long as we can yes. be there. Yeah. And their parents are really supportive, too, which is awesome. Good. So when we are in person, we are masked, and we have that iWave technology. I just crank the AC on, and it runs constantly. Wow. And you know, if the kids are working like they should be in show choir, they're not going to feel the cold, which is right. normal. Um, so we've been out for the last, you know, the weather. And then before this, we were out for a week and a half because of COVID. Okay. So I haven't seen my kids in almost a month already. Wow. I mean, we've done some virtual things, but I haven't seen them in person in almost a month. So on Sunday, we have a show choir rehearsal okay. that be, will be the first time I see them in a while. So I'm excited to see them. And also like, and I'm hope. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. What we'll, have you practiced? Well, you know, yeah. No kidding. Virtual practices just are not conducive to real growth mm -hmm. in an ensemble. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just, you can't use each other when you're, you can't hear each other. I mean, it's, you know, everybody I just feel like knows it's a very efficient about. treading of water. I mean, like, it's a really yes. nice thing to have, but you're probably, as you said, not growing a ton. The great, the great, oh, absolutely. But the great thing that is happening, um, I'm, I bought into the Music First classroom. And yeah. if nobody knows what that is, they should check it out. There's a lot of different options, but they have multiple platforms that you can use. And so we've done some rehearsals with those platforms. Okay. And my kid, my kid's reading ability has actually improved greatly. That's really good. So that's, I mean, there's been positives. I have a lot of friends doing that with like Sight, uh, sight Reading Factory. Sight Reading Factory. Yeah, same yeah. where that, that they've been able to really push the musicianship angle of things because the performance angle is really maybe dormant at the moment unless you're in a right. state that's allowing that so um i mean how is your district feeling about like are, are you getting any pushes to try and do a spring some sort of event and yeah okay well now that the numbers have started to dip and i think they're dipping because partially because um the holidays are over now right. and we've been stuck at home right so that's great <laughs> that's um that is helping our governor didn't shut down the state but the weather did so i mean <laughs> whatever um when we came back from winter break, our fine arts director said, I really want you to look at opportunities for the spring. I don't want you to cut anything and see if there's places okay. where you can add. And you and I have talked about some opportunities yeah. that are coming mm -hmm. in the spring mm -hmm. that we're going to participate in. And yeah. it's a virtual situation still, which yeah. is great. Um, and so I think because we had one semi quasi virtual concert in the, in the fall yeah. and, and winter didn't happen because of being out for virtual yeah. and um so we have had one okay and there have been other um fine arts disciplines that have had concerts but mm -hmm. i personally and our director said 
you can do whatever you feel comfortable doing. Well, I personally don't feel comfortable inviting yeah. a community in yeah. because it's just not, I think morally we're obligated to, to care for one another and yes. I don't want to make anything unsafe yes. because of something that I decided to do. Yes, and if you're not getting that kind of pressure from the outside that's right. forcing you to do it, which I know some teachers are, and they're not they're in your shoes where they're not comfortable, but they feel like they have no choice. Um, I'm glad that you don't have that situation happening. And you have a huge venue available to you as well. You're, you're it's not a situation where you only have 800 seats and to only put a quarter is 200, it's not worth it. Like uh, you have the, what is it? The Christian Chenoweth Performing Arts Center of America of Oklahoma. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The Christian Chenoweth Theater. It's the Broken yes. Performing Arts Center and the theater is the Christian Chenoweth Theater. And it seats about 1,500. Yeah, so it's They are size. doing limited seating. Yeah, it's a great size. And they are doing limited seating. And you do, it, it, they ticket every single event. It's not, it doesn't cost anything, but mm -hmm. you have to have a ticket to get in, mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we'll do mm -hmm. for the for the spring. Um now that we've mentioned it, we probably better explain that Kristen Chenoweth is from Broken Arrow, and that's why it's that's called right. that. They didn't just randomly decide <laughs> to put Kristen Chenoweth's name on it. Uh, you've met her a couple times, yes? I have. She's worked with my kids. My kids actually got to sing on her Coming Home CD, so if you check out her CD, my kids are hey. singing back up on a couple of, <laughs> of uh, tracks for her. She is amazing she said you know she loves performing yes. and working and that's her life obviously mm -hmm. but she said she wants her legacy to be about bringing up the next generation of artists I and love so she's really that. yeah she's such a tiny cool. great person <laughs> she is a great person i love her too she's not i mean she okay you guys are not definitely the same age right like she's about 10 years older than that's what i figured i was like i think she's older than i i have such a hard time telling like once we, you and I's age, like the next 10 years, I have such a hard time with that going, are we the same age? Are we, Me too. how old right. are you? Is it the nineties? No, like, yeah. So also she looks really good. So who knows how old she is? Like, Amazing. She does, I mean, she, she seems to be aging backwards. Looks, I agree, I agree. I guess if she was Sally on Broadway when I was like <clears throat> in middle school maybe, or high school though. So yeah, she's definitely, definitely a little that bit That was older. when I was in college. Okay, right. I think it was in late high school. And she and I also went, to the same college, Oklahoma City University. Oh, yeah, that's right, OCU. OCU. Um, so I'm connected to her pretty I love that she gives back to your hometown, though, that, in that way. I think that that's really, really special. And, you know, certainly a lot of musicians, I think, do that. But um, she has done it in for such sure. large ways for you guys, like uh, endowments and, and money towards that, that theater and that kind of stuff, too. So that's really, really cool that you guys have that, which... Um, Brings me to the point that at some point you're probably just going to have to host an invite. You know, I'm just going to throw that out here, here on the, on the. We entrance. are looking at it. We have to, we have to figure out how to do it because our performing arts center is not seated on a campus. Yes, you don't have the homeroom element. That is that makes right. it harder. Um, we'll talk about this in a time that is not on this podcast. But I have a couple of friends who host in those kind of venues too, and so we'll have to see what worked and what didn't there but oh my gosh I just Absolutely. I want that for you guys so bad because it's just such a cool venue and you're in such a unique location too where you can pull people from uh, lots of different areas to, to come compete in that yes um well since we kind of like walked in walked into this part of the conversation anyway um <laughs> let's talk about your path to becoming a, a choral professional and a show choir director so start back as as early as you'd like <laughs> Um, well, you know, when I was in high school, yeah, we'll go back that far. Yeah, I was in marching band mm -hmm. and concert band, obviously, and, you play? and choir. I played the trumpet, and I was a drum major for our high school marching band. Yeah, and which so, that's I, a really good marching band. Sorry to interrupt you, but I always forget that you guys have like a serious marching band in Broken Arrow. Like, 
I agree. They, it's it's a national level program. Yeah. It's a it's a nationally award winning program. They win BOA like every third year. I feel like there's a there's a handful of schools that go back and forth, and, mm -hmm. and Broken Arrow is one of them that mm -hmm. makes that championship. And they're mm -hmm. and they're super dedicated. And I think part of my work ethic comes from having been in that program. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Um, and then after high school, I, I went to Oklahoma City University mm -hmm. and decided to, you know, focus on vocal music. I, okay. I love singing. And, you know, I finished my degree. And when I when I graduated, I thought, oh, man, what a responsibility to be a teacher. I'm just not sure. Yeah. At this young age, I'm ready to take that on. So I took a year mm -hmm. and worked, you know, in, in human resources for an oil company here in Tulsa. Okay. And then I thought, it's now or never. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I jumped in. And I had a lot of great mentors that helped me, you know, develop some techniques in my in the classroom, especially classroom management. All totally. you first year teachers or new teachers, uh, heck, all, all of you guys that have um, been teachers for 20 years, we all have to think about classroom management oh, anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just part of our lives. Yep. Um, which I'm I'm so lucky now. I'm going off on a tangent. I'm so lucky now. My kids are amazing, and yes. I don't ever. And the expectation is there. So once that expectation and tradition is set, your classroom management kind of handles itself. Mm -hmm. but that mm -hmm. takes time. It does. You have to lay the um, groundwork. You do. You can't just say, oh, you know, you can't start loosey-goosey and then tighten up. You have to start intense right. and focused. And then over time, you can kind of like loosen the leash a little bit, so to speak. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, with show choir, I didn't for the first... Well, wait, hang on. Did you know. always teach at Broken Arrow? I taught for three years in another community uh, okay. by Broken Arrow. Okay. And then and then I came to BA in my fourth year teaching. Okay. And I've been here since. So and this I I'm working. Yeah. I'm, I'm. This is my 18th year in the wow. classroom. Wow. Right. No, I can say that because it's me too. <laughs> Feels kind of odd. We but is old. We, we is old. <laughs> and I didn't start doing show choir. Really, like, when yeah. you think of competitive show choir, I didn't start doing that honestly until. 2011, 2012. Well, and it wasn't even and a I, thing in the state as much, I feel like, prior to that. I shouldn't say that. Jenks was doing it maybe in the late oh five, like the late aughts, like oh five, six, seven, like somewhere in that time frame. Is that right? That's right. And Broken Arrow had a show choir director back then who loved show choir but mm -hmm. did not want to travel and compete. So they, they did mm -hmm. things in the community. And actually, the Jinx directors and the Broken Arrow directors um, worked a lot and helped Jinx develop yeah. their program into what it is. And they are a nationally recognized yeah. program too. And yeah. I think Broken Arrow and Jinx are the two in the state yes. that do that national level right. competition. Competitive type look. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. There are other um, schools in the state that have amazing show choir programs. They mm -hmm. just don't look like what somebody would think of when they, when they think of, um, you know, a heart of America mm -hmm. competition or a fame competition, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's just not like that here in, in Oklahoma. And I think Texas is probably similar, although yeah. you guys are starting to grow pretty quickly. It has quite a bit awesome. in the last, yeah, decade, half a decade. So, but yeah, I, I feel I'm pretty you sure that. there's, I'm pretty sure there's a, a director that's responsible for that growth and maybe you know who she is. Oh, you're talking, talking about me. You. <laughs> I'm nerd. <laughs> I was like, who would tell me? <laughs> Well, I mean, Jane, yeah. you have to, and everybody listening can know. I mean, when I started show choir, I had no clue. I mean, about how to put a show true? together, and 
well, I mean, I had I had ideas of what yes. seemed fun to me, but then I came to Texas and competed at uh, Lone Star, and I met you. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I met you, and you hooked me up with a lot of amazing professionals, and I learned so much, and I attribute a lot of how I've grown and, and the successes that we've had to being your friend and learning from you. So thank you very much. Stop it. But I mean, well, that makes my heart so happy because honestly, that's my favorite thing to do. I love getting to like go, okay, what do you want to do? You want to start this? Okay. How do we make it look like you guys? How do we make it look like your kids? Let's, let's learn who your kids are and let's learn what they want and what does your community want? And like, that's, I mean, I think you, that that's the most important thing in starting one. Absolutely. And you held my hand through so many questions and you were so generous and kind and, and loving. And that's kind of what I love about our community. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not that case in all arts programs, so but true. we help each other. And mm-hmm. I love that. And we're not afraid to say, hey, I'm trying this yeah. and it's working for my kids instead of keeping it secret and right. not yeah. sharing. Don't we don't do that. that as much in our world. I agree with you. I don't like sometimes I think that I see people who are afraid to ask. And that's part of what was fun about like working with you guys in the early years is you weren't afraid to ask. And that's some of that was the fact that you were, you know, had been in the classroom for some period of time at that point. Um, Younger directors, especially when they talk about, you know, getting started and feeling nervous. That's the first thing I say to them is you cannot be afraid to ask because you're just going to end up making I hate to use this term, but really silly mistakes. Not that they're mistakes necessarily, but like um, learning the hard way when you really don't need right. to, um, you know, as you long don't as you're need asking to. questions. So I think that we could get better about like being free to, to say, Hey, I need help. But you're right that I think we're all very good at like, Oh, look what I tried. And this totally worked great. And then we steal it from each other. Like that part, I think we're really good at, which is good. I, yeah. I agree. Yes. With that. That's, that's so wonderful. Well, I mean, I- you guys were ripe for the growth, you know, it was fun to like, answer your questions and and do stuff with you guys especially early on because it was like again you know you have a community that's already thriving in music so it's not like you're having to put that tradition in place you've already got a program of choral music that's like again thriving so it was just an easy like okay let's let's do this i'm not saying it was easy from your side but like from the outside it was easy to go this is logical like this is a good next step you know it, it, it can be daunting because there are so many pieces yeah. and moving parts to putting yeah. on a show choir program that's mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. And if you're new to it or, or a new teacher, it can be mm-hmm. where you don't want to do it and yeah. or just scary. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And so. I think you helped me so much, too, in the sense that because you were so good at asking smart questions, it helped me to see what I wasn't explaining well to others when I was helping people with questions. Um, it, there was a lot of people in Texas at that time that were starting groups as well. And I just, you know how it is when you know how to do something, sometimes you have to take like 15 steps backwards to go, okay, wait, 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 what's the very beginning right. step? Because otherwise you start in the middle of the explanation and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So um, you were always asking very smart questions and I'd go, oh, okay, wait okay, so I need to explain X before I can get to Y over here, you know, and I would just start at Y normally. So um, you were you were half of how I was able to write the book, honestly, working oh. with your group and like other groups because you taught me what needs to be learned by people because it's hard to know if you just know, if you've just grown up knowing, if you've grown up in the cycle of it, you know? So yeah, you're right. And like there you are mentioned, so many parts. 
having be, having been in the classroom for yeah. so many years before I started this really did help because I remember my first year teaching I went to our state convention and I listened to the all state choir and I remember just thinking oh my god what am I doing wrong this is so wonderful my kids can't do that mm -hmm. oh my word and I had a couple of teachers say Justin that those kids are the best of the best yeah you can't compare them to your kids no. and, and that's kind of what I did with show choir like I, I would look at you know Keller and think oh my gosh how can I ever get there <laughs> but you but, do yes I knew that, hey, this is going to be a process and yes. she has the answers. I'm just going to use her expertise. <laughs> I'm just going to use it, which I love. And also, again, we were friends, so that makes it easier, I think, to right. call each other. Absolutely. Which is why it's good to be friendly with people in our community. But you and I and Christina Sims, who was at Wichita, Kansas at the time, and Wichita had just started Flight Show Choir that they had for, I think, about five years is how long they had that for. Um, and flight was interesting too because it was a conglomerate group where you know like kids mm -hmm. from all around town at different schools were coming and to be a part of it but the three of us bonded so much in those early years over the fact that we were so geographically separate from the rest of show choir world like absolutely you and I are still like a five hour drive four and a half hour drive from each other um, you and her right. five hour drive from each other basically so you know the closest show choir for you aside from jinx is probably I don't know. What's your closest one? Is it Texas? I well, mean... Texas and southwestern Kansas has sure, that's uh, true. A, has a growing show choir community, and they've they've had traditions there for a long mm -hmm. time, and that's they are true. they're they're close. Yeah. And I mean, there's Joplin and Webb City and Nevada and and, and Carthage and mm -hmm. Neosho and many right. others right there. Yes, that are close. Um, but then beyond that, it's another three or four hours till yeah. you get to like St. Louis yeah. and, and then even on to, you know, Nebraska mm -hmm. and Iowa and Chicago. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's a, it's like a ring. So mm -hmm. there, I'm alone. Yes. Then a two hour ring, then another three hour ring. But <laughs> yes. It's still pretty isolated. Texas was like alone, four hour ring to where you are, nine hour ring to everyone else. <laughs> Absolutely. It just Absolutely. can be really, really daunting to start this when you feel like there isn't anybody else around. But but you have done it. I have done it. Like, there are plenty of people that have done it now. Um, and in the beginning, show choir wasn't connected to each other. You know, somebody had to go out in their state and be the lone person who, like, started it. I think my favorite example of geographically separate yet strong and doing their own thing is, is California. I mean... You don't get a lot more geographic separate from the rest of the Midwest than California. That's true. Um, That's true. It's not hurting them, you know? And even even the southern part of America, I mean, there's, mm -hmm. you know, 10 or 12 amazing programs down there that have really leaned on each yes. other to be the impetus to get better with one another. And yes. that, I mean, it, it can happen. Yeah. It can absolutely happen. Don't use that as a reason not to do it, I guess, is what you and I are saying. Absolutely. That's absolutely. Not, it's, it's not the thing that will keep you necessarily from doing it. And, you know, Jinx doesn't host one either. But like, if one of you starts hosting an event, that's part of why I've always been like, you should do it. Because it's the next step in building your own insular community um, to like, you know, now another school over there starts one and now one that's, and then Kansas City, or Kansas City, well that too, but like Oklahoma City schools, you know, are like, oh, we could just travel to, so it is kind of the next step when you're looking to, to build a state. 
Well, and Jinx and I, for, for several years, have talked about maybe doing something together, together because their yeah. Performing Arts Center is on their campus, mm -hmm. which would allow you that homeroom experience. That's very true. And once we grow it, then we could split and have two and mm -hmm. support each other's. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're, mm -hmm. we're talking. And good for Just you for talking and being creative, too. I, lo I love creative right. solutions. Every time somebody does something creative and weird, I'm like, yay, tell me more about that. <laughs> Right. I just don't want to do it the same way I've done it forever. That's always my goal, right? Um, well, and once you started doing um, show choir stuff, and you, okay, let me back up just a little bit. You were always sure. in the position that you had, or were you the assistant at some point, or like how did that progress for you? Once I um, became the high school director in 11, 12, it was, I was the head director, okay, and I have okay. been since. Yeah. Before that, I taught middle school for eight years. Mm -hmm. And you guys have a strong middle school, like, feeder pattern not everybody is as blessed by that either so that's really cool for you guys for sure you've got great teachers when I, there we have great teachers and when I first took on the position um you know yeah about 10 years ago now oh wow um it wasn't we you know there was one show choir in Broken right, Arrow at right. that point and now we have eight I was gonna say it's a lot isn't it yeah it's a lot. And, we, and part of that was knowing and watching and asking you questions and yeah. watching all these other programs. Yeah. You have to have a middle school feeder program. You do. Mm -hmm. Even if it's even if it's something simple mm -hmm. and, you know, not competitive, mm -hmm. but there we start skill skill building yes. and excitement building. And language it, it's just, learning. Like, and language. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I don't mean foreign languages. I mean, like. This is a box stuff. The jargon in this our community, is, right. This is a riser. Like, just windows. Absolutely. Just basics like that. Yeah. That's a very good point. They don't have to be huge, and they don't even have to really be competitive. It's just right. having it as, as a training lab is really is really how you grow your program as well. I think that's a good point. Um, and at this point, yes. yeah, you and Emma are at the high school, and you've got mm -hmm. how many middle schools that have it? Four? There are five middle schools in BA, and each of them have one. Actually, one of our middle schools has two show choirs now. Wow! They have a they uh, two or three years ago started a treble uh, show choir at one of our middle schools. So it's growing, yeah. which I'm so excited about. And that's a neat, neat thing to watch. And I, I, you are so kind to me to allow me to come work with you guys and hang out with you guys and do fun stuff. Like I have the most fun ever, like doing retreat stuff with your kids and with your, cause it's not just like your kids are wonderful, but your teachers are also wonderful. And I think you've done a great job as the, you know, person who's uh, the buck's got to stop with you because you're the high school person and that's how that works. I think you've done a good job of having um, the right people in the right places there to to benefit that. And both you and Emma are BA kids, which I love that that's like right. <laughs> both of you graduated from the school there and both of you are there back teaching because there is something special to that, you know, to be able to give back to your And community. you know, our our band director is the same way. He's a Broken Arrow wow. graduate. And I, I, I used to think, wow, I didn't make it very far. And somebody said, Justin, you have to change your perspective and think, I'm giving back to a community that invested so much mm -hmm. into me. Mm -hmm. And that feels really great. And what's the, I mean, what does it matter about, quote, going really far if, like, you're happy with where you are? I just, I don't. I don't ascribe to that anymore now that I'm older. I think when I was younger, that was more of a thing. I agree with you. I would be like, right. oh, we need to do, da, 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 you know. And now it's more about like, okay, well, do I, do I enjoy my time? Do I enjoy the work I'm doing? Like, 
that can be anywhere in America. That doesn't have Absolutely. to be away from from quote home, you know, so to speak. Or or in a in a like you know what I'm I'm thinking here in Broken Arrow, as we mentioned, it's isolated. Yeah. In the from that shopware world, and and when I first started becoming successful, I thought, well, I need to move mm. into these places mm-hmm. where it's so strong. Yeah. I don't have to do that. No, you it, don't. it'll come here, and I've, yes. you can invite professionals from across the country to come and work with your kids and get the exact same experience. Oh yes, exactly, and they enjoy coming to you. Like yes, I mean, yes. you and I are only in next door states, and so it's not that different. But like, I enjoy coming to you because it's different for us. And like, your choreographers come from different parts of the Midwest. Like, they enjoy that. Uh, you know, that's a that's a thing people get afraid of. I don't know if maybe this isn't a thing in Oklahoma, but in Texas, especially like one of the key things when I'm starting with a new group here is they don't want to hire someone from out of state. They really want to hire a local person. And I'm like, okay, great. Like shop local, totally here for that. But at the same time, (laughs) there may come a point in your group's progression where the local people no longer have the information and the skill set that your kids need. Like that's That's just, it's not a negative thing. It's not like a, you know, something bad about that person, your kids may outgrow that local um, person at some point. That can happen. I, it does happen. And I think if you're going to be open to change mm-hmm. and allowing that to happen, mm-hmm. you're going to build, it, it's going to take time, but you're yeah. going to build a tradition where you will start growing up those people yes. who can have that correct language and yes. make it grow. I mean, I think that's what happened in California and in the South. I agree. But it either takes one person already being there who knows the language, who knows the, who knows the whatever, like, and most of the time that's a director. You don't often get a director who knows what they're trying to build and a choreographer who also knows that's pretty rare. Um, But if you look at California, like for example, like Jen Unjin, right? Like Jen Unjin's like largely responsible for, you know, a huge part of what we think of as California show choir. She was the impetus person out there and she had other people that she worked with, but that just happens to be a movement specialist in that case. That's not often common. So like if you are the person in your area, you and maybe the jinx directors, let's say that's directors, you have to train up choreographers. Like that is the last step that you will see as far as the garden blooming in front of you. It will be absolutely that professionals come out of your programs. That's that's years down the line. <laughs> so. The next generation. Yes, I mean, it just takes exactly. a lot of time. And you gotta be patient and you may have to bring in others uh, from other places. And you're certainly not hurting your kids when you do that. You are training up the next level of professionals when you do that. I just almost think that it's, I don't, I wanna, I don't wanna say that it should be required, but it is so important to, as the director, to bring in mm-hmm. outside perspective because even if you do know what you're doing, you can always, you should always learn. Yes. Mm-hmm. And be and be open to that. And yeah. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. I learned the most when I brought people in that yes. from around. Same. That's my favorite way to learn things is like go hang out in someone's classroom or go hang out in somebody's rehearsal and like just just watch and go, oh, I would never have thought to do that's that. That's how you do that. Yes. Right. Yes. And I, I also <clears throat> I think that within that conversation comes the harder part of that conversation when you talk about change and growth, which is just that, um, as I said earlier, you know, sometimes you have to make changes in your program. Sometimes you have to do something different. And I think people are often scared about that. Um, if I could give show choir universe one gift, it would be that we could get to a place where people are okay with that. And it's not like, 
I, I think it's better than it used to be. I think there used to be a lot of like personal frontage if you like changed arrangers or if you changed like choreographers, you know, I mean, I think it's just whatever was right for your kids at this time, because I will also Absolutely. say that like different eras of kids need different things, you know? And, and to address it, I mean, it is, it's it is hard mm -hmm. and it's scary and it's painful because you form such close relationships mm -hmm. that you deeply care about mm -hmm. and so it becomes it's hard for everybody mm -hmm. but i think if we can change our mindset and just look at it like okay we're all growing mm -hmm. everybody in the situation and mm -hmm. We're, we're, we're helping each other get better, yeah. then then that's what it's about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're, I think we're seeing more of that kind of collaborative spirit as well in the sense that I'm seeing more and more groups that are choreographed by multiple people or who are yes. arranged by multiple people or, you know, that sort of vibe where it's like, my specialty is I love arranging ballads, let's say, right? I'm not saying that. I wish that was the thing I could do well, but I love it. I just can't write the parts for it. But anyway, the point is like my specialty is arranging ballads. Okay. So you find your person that you like, you know, you love their ballad work, but maybe you're not a huge fan of the way that their openers and closers sit for, for your group. Okay. Then you find right. the person that's that it's okay to make a patchwork quilt of a team. Like unless they are specifically saying to you, no, I've got to do the whole thing from tip to toe. And there are people like that too, and that's fine. But, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I keep calling it patchwork quilting, but that's what it feels like, you know? Well, and I look at these programs that, I mean, they're, and it's a wide variety. You mm -hmm. do have programs where it's tip to toe, like mm -hmm. you said, mm -hmm. but there are so many with massive teams yeah. mm -hmm. that have their specific set. And that totally. does, let's just be honest, that can get expensive. Yes, yes. And so you have to understand the needs and, 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 yes. and boundaries that your program can manage. but. I, I just, I think it's important to draw and color with multiple shades and colors yeah. and textures. Yeah, because it's not going to hurt your kids again to, to right. learn from different right. people and learn different styles and all of that kind of stuff, for sure. Oh my gosh. For sure. You and I could talk about this for <laughs> days. You and I could, you and I have talked about this for days. We have, right. <laughs> um, You and I have planned entire shows in a car ride to the middle of nowhere before and then, uh, yeah. then nothing could ever be happening because of COVID. Like maybe we'll get to finally mm. do that show now that that artist has put out 17 more albums since we had that conversation. Right. Um, <laughs> The Okay, so the next thing I want to ask you about is just a little bit about, like, Oklahoma as a whole, as a coral state. So I know that, you know, sure. every area is different, and you're a different size high school than, than others. But just tell us a little bit about, like, if I were a new teacher um, starting out and I was just starting in Oklahoma, like, what does a year look like? What do the activities look like around the state for choral music? Uh, the state activities and even um, district activities, yeah. we are a big all-state. Okay community um, and that's the very first thing <clears throat> that we do in the fall oh, yeah. and then after Christmas we have our convention where those also organizations come together and 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 rehearse and then totally. put on their concert and um, that's really it for the uh, fall which I think is smart because mm -hmm. it allows especially new teachers to get a taste of what it's like to be in a state yes. situation but sink their teeth in and and get to know your kids and yes. learn how to do your and start reaching out to mentors and, and friends and, and, and other faculty. Um, but then in the spring, we do district and state contests. We also have solo and ensemble. 
They can join multiple organizations. Of course, you know, ACDA has a local chapter mm -hmm. and NAFME has local chapters. We also have an Oklahoma um, Adjudicators Association. Oh, and I think yeah. that usually they want to hear your kids sing um, to see, you know, where you are in your teaching. Yes. But I think I think that that's even changing a little because I think that that's important as on, on a totally different mm -hmm. conversation point for people to know how to adjudicate mm -hmm. and what to look for. And if you know what to look for, then you're going to know what to teach. Mm -hmm. Not that we should teach to the test, mm -hmm. so to speak. No, but it it's does not help. about that. And you're, <clears throat> oh my gosh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I wouldn't have even thought about this. And this is something Mason and I didn't even talk about in the Texas episode. But you and I, our states are some of the only states in the country that push that angle. We have Texas Music Adjudicators Association, TMAA, which is the same as yours in that way. And all it does is train people to be judges in those sort of district state contests, all uh, solo and ensemble, all that kind of stuff, right? And and I mean, your all state process. Do you do yours like ours, where you as directors are judging the all state kids, or is yours a little different? Yes. Okay, so it, it no, also we, helps and, with and that. Ours yeah. is a little different than yours because you're yeah. you have so many kids. We have so <clears> many <throat> rounds and so many children. Yes, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I think we have three that, rounds. I think we have. Yeah, we have four rounds. It starts with 50,000 children. It gets whittled down to like, it's nuts. It's fully nuts. It's nuts in a great way, but it's fully nuts. Um, yeah, it gets whittled down to three choirs that are like uh, 250 each or a little less. Anyway, anyway, the point is, I'm glad you brought that up, is because it's not just about like learning how to judge. If you are a director and you are a member of that, you learn so much more about making educational music happen. I feel like that's a weird way to say that, but does that make sense? You know what I mean? It does. And, and and on top of that, not only just the adjudication process, but if you're going to those conventions and we have for teachers, there's a summer convention, there's a mm -hmm. fall convention, there's a winter convention. I, I full, and they're not all the same and they yeah. don't offer all the same things, but I just getting to be around your colleagues yes. and talking and sitting in sessions and then having conversations about the session, mm -hmm. that's going to improve your teaching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. States that just, do not you have just can't help it. that kind of level of camaraderie, I always feel so sorry for those states because I'm like, that's where I learn 90% of my stuff. Like, it's Absolutely. not even necessarily in a session. It's just sitting in the grand hall outside of a session that I was in and got the packet for and then stumbled into my friend. And then we sat in the hallway for two hours. And it was kind of like... 100%. <laughs> And just as a plug for Texas, if any of these people listening ever get a chance, and you can go to these mm -hmm. Texas conventions, TMEA and mm -hmm. TCDA are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I mean, thank They're you massive. for saying that because mm -hmm. it sounds like mm -hmm. I'm just biased when I say it, but um, they're amazing. It's a national convention, friends. Like, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely, absolutely like going to ACDA in the winter, except. Um, our weather is generally way better because <laughs> San Antonio in February, except for this week, is usually like 70, 80. Right. Um, and then over the summer, I mean, that sounds like maybe a thing you don't want to do. But over the summer, there's no students with you. And you're at the Riverwalk and you're having this like great experience and all the awesome Mexican food you could ever possibly want and all of that. So, I mean, they are really well done conferences for sure. Um, 100%. And, and I agree with you on that. So if your state doesn't offer that, looking at the national ones or looking at larger state conventions like Texas's, that's not a bad idea. And they're affordable. Texas, even yes. if you're not a member of, you can actually, I think if I'm not mistaken, I may be misspeaking here, 
I think you can join TMEA and TCDA mm-hmm. to get the smaller cost, but there's yes. really not a need to do that because the non-member cost is not that bad. It's like 20 mm-hmm. more or 30 more, I think. I haven't right. worked in a while, but yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. And it is maybe and more And Florida burdens. puts on a great one too. Oh yes, Florida's is also like, see the trend here, warm weather states <laughs> just putting on the conferences um but yeah truly truly friends if your state does not have them or if you can't go to your states a lot of times i hear show choir people say that their state stuff is around the same time as show choir season and so they have a hard time like dipping out for a week to go do that which i totally understand Uh, that's why summer conventions are great and that's why again like tcda in the summer if you wanted to do a convention in the summer um is pretty wonderful for that reason the reading sessions alone at tcda are worth it yeah they have just an incredible, incredible board of people who do a great job of picking that. And the the leadership right now, I mean, TCDA leadership is always great, but like the leadership right now, um, it's just a pool of people that I personally know and really highly respect. And they are also working really hard right now to diversify the type of music that really is supported and, and lifting up different types of, of, of choral music as opposed to just saying, well, we only do, you know, strict concert choir music no they're very like they're working really hard to diversify that so um wow thanks for that plug for tma and tc (laughs) they should owe me money at this point um (laughs) but yeah no kidding so you guys have a kind of a you know a pretty rich choral tradition in oklahoma i feel like and that's not always something that people necessarily think about oklahoma for i think we think of tornadoes <laughs> no but also you have some great schools there so it doesn't really surprise me like your alma mater ocu of course i think if you know anything about especially musical theater you know ocu i mean that's just that's like a pipeline to broadway um but also like oklahoma like in norman university of oklahoma has a great school of music we send kids there all the time from texas Oddly enough, many, most of our state schools have very, very strong. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma State, too. Stroop was there until just like just now. Like, it's also a great choral program and a great music program. So, yeah, that is true. I hadn't really thought about that until I started saying it, but that is true. You have great music programs. Even the smaller state schools are, it's, they're like little tiny conservatories, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool. And maybe not as expensive as some of the other um, conservatories. 100%. 100%. And again, aside from this weird week of weather, guys, it's really not generally this bad. It's actually pretty nice to live in these places. So I hear that. I get that. And you are close to things like uh, larger cities as well. Like Oklahoma City is a huge city. Um, you know, Norman's just outside of that. Um, but Dallas is really close. Kansas City is very close. It's kind of a nice little like middle point. It really is. And even Chicago is not that far away. Yeah, really. That's true. I mean, it's like a nine hour drive. And that sounds like a lot, but <laughs> being from here, that's nothing. No, that's really not bad. I was going to say anywhere you can get in nine hours, that's not too terrible. You're a right. little ways from Denver, though. That would be kind of a trek for you. That's probably Denver's more. like 11 hours, yeah, 12 uh-huh. hours. Um, but kind of a pretty drive through, you know. Yeah. Kansas, well, Western Kansas. Oh, then there's the worst part of Colorado, which is Eastern Colorado. <laughs> where there's just like literally nothing flat. for like 150 miles. And you're like, cool, mm-hmm. cool. What have I done? All right. This yeah. is where I live now. Also, wind turbines <laughs> freak me out. Do you feel that way about wind turbines ever? Like they're so large and imposing when you just see like fields of them, which you have in Oklahoma too all the time. Like, ooh, I don't know. 
What specific? It feels sort of alien. Like it this does. is definitely not supposed to be in the middle of right. nature. I don't know what phobia that specifically is, but it gives me the heebie-jeebies. They're so big. They're, it's because they're so big. <laughs> they're freaking me out. Okay, let's jump ahead to my favorite five questions that everybody gets asked. Okay. So the easy first one is just, you know, what is your favorite thing to do when you're not working? Like, what's your favorite form of entertainment? Sleeping. Eating. <laughs> I have to say this, um, you know, COVID has taught me because any show choir director yep. will tell you it can sort of dominate your schedule. Oh my gosh! If so you much. let it, mm -hmm. and COVID has taught me, it has to be balanced. Yes, it must be balanced, or you're going to not want to do it forever, mm. unless you're just some weirdo workaholic, which we probably could talk about that in another podcast yeah, too. Yeah, we've all been that person at some point. Yeah. Oh God, yes. Mm. Um, but no, really, I enjoy working in my yard. I enjoy hanging out with friends and family. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with a good Netflix binge every now yeah. and again. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I really just enjoyed not having to plan or think. And although even when I'm Netflix binging, Netflix binging or working in the yard, I am, of course, yes, the wheels are spinning. Yes, I, that yes. happens to me every time I'm on like the spin bike on Peloton, I'll get halfway into it and I'll be like, what if I did? And then I'm like, stop it. Don't think about that right now. <laughs> focus on yeah I feel that deeply you know what no one has said sleeping yet but I appreciate that because that's a very good answer we do need to learn to rest <laughs> a show 100% I mean that's how your body recovers from everything yes. and I will say the pandemic taught me to take care of my health I lost 40 pounds yeah wow um, good for you and yeah and I, I've started working out a little mm -hmm. so I'm enjoying taking care of me yeah I, that's a pastime right mm, no it is I mean it is honestly and I think when you get to that point in your life that's when your life really begins is once you can learn oh. that part of your life truly <laughs> so now that you are you know on the second no I'm just kidding my husband always says we're right? in the second half of life now I was like I'm not living to 80 I'm living to 100 so second half of life doesn't start till 50 for me I've decided that's that's going to happen. Okay. Well, I'm I got some that. time till second half starts. See, you've got time. Um, okay. What is your favorite show choir show that you've ever seen? You can't have anything to do with the creation of it. And it could be in person or video. Wow. Um, and you probably have more than I, one. There's, than too. <laughs> of course. I'm sure people have said um, product, the prodigal, prodigy. Oh, prodigal, prodigal Burbank. Prodigal. Oh, my God. So amazing. <laughs> Um, I also loved Wheaton Warrenville's um, show about Wizard of Oz. Literally every Help human me. who's ever been on the podcast has said that. So if you haven't watched it by now, friends, I don't know what you're doing, but go watch it. It's amazing. So amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And even like some of the stuff, there's this secret cache of show choir shows. I can't say where, but there's a secret cache of show choir shows. And I've watched stuff from the 90s. Ooh. That's kind of, I honestly think somehow we should make that I think we're going show back to it don't must you watch like I yes, think we're swinging I back saying, that way absolutely mm -hmm. it's so fun and creative and mm -hmm. that's when things were really starting to get yes. meaty and yes. oh I love it mm -hmm. and a lot of like just the five song setness of it all where it isn't doesn't have to be like a full story which I think a lot of us have been sucked into not that that's bad not that that's wrong but like you know there's something to be said for that just like random five song set that like just hits you know like that exists I agree and I, I have two more I'm going to say Mitchell 2017 is a great one Oh, thanks that is a I really love good that. show <laughs> it's a really good show and Keller 2014 which show 
Was that when you were in like Letterman jackets? Yes, and... that's the football show. That's the Friday Night Live show. Yeah, I love the football. Yeah. Oh, show. I loved that show too. That was, and you know, we didn't talk about this, but that was one of those shows where it didn't compete as well as I would have liked it to. But I loved it. Was fun. It. Right. But Absolutely. it was like one of my favorite shows, you know? And I think I think that's another one of those things that that's where your life begins. Like as a show choir director. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. have you had shows like that where you're like, it was fine. Like competitively, we didn't necessarily win. But like, oh, did I love it, you know? There's been a couple of shows that actually did compete well yeah. that I fell in love with. And I said from the beginning, I literally do not care yes, what anybody says about this because the kids are enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Their families are enjoying it. I have fun at rehearsal every single day. Mm -hmm. That's the show to live for. Mm -hmm. That's and, and like you said, who cares what trophy you get? Whatever happens at the end of the day is irrelevant. And like kid wise, Absolutely. that's still some of my favorite, like, you know, former students that, you know, I still keep in contact. Well, like Dalton, that's he's in that year. That's Dalton, his senior yeah. year. Dalton mm -hmm. Myatt, Jimmy Dalton Myatt. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pointing at you because he lives in Broken Arrow. <laughs> so that's why I'm like pointing at like yeah. somehow mm -hmm. that's yours. But, um, but like he graduated from that time frame. And like I look back at that time and go, oh, those were really like. Those were special years of shows, but that one in particular, oh, I loved creating it. I loved how it turned out. It, it pulled it at your, every single emotion you had. Yeah. There was nostalgia. There was, you know, some tears. There was mm -hmm. laughing. It was a great show. Thank you for that. I really, really appreciate that. Because, yeah. again, that's one that was fine competitively. We didn't do badly, but it wasn't like... It was coming off of the painting year, which I don't know if you got to see in person that year, but it was like I didn't. the painting show for Keller was um, when we we went to nationals for fame back in 2013. And I'm really proud of how it turned out creatively. It's one of my favorite shows I've ever done. Um, and it competed really well. It was one of those two. It was like the Oscars where like critics and audiences enjoy blank, you know. <laughs> so like it was one of those shows. So I think anything you do after a year like that is always going to be tough you know to because people right. in their minds are living with whatever that thing was in just the previous year so so yes thank you for that the kids the kids who are in that show appreciate you saying that <laughs> okay now <laughs> it's your turn to pick some what is your favorite show you've ever done or been a part of creating okay there are a couple of shows broken yeah. arrow 2017 okay. was a, a really special year um i love the music that's when we did Walking Stick. Yes. Um, at mm -hmm. the beginning. Yep, 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 yep. I remember. And yep. Lazy Day. I mean, it was yeah. just a beautiful show. <laughs> Lazy Day. Sunday in the Park with the ballad. Like... Yeah. <sighs> anyway, yes. <laughs> we're actually re we're freezing that this year because Good. I loved it so much. Good. I'm glad. I love it. Yeah. And and I think that that show was special too because it's really when I started catching a really big clue on how to make things work. You really had locked it in at that point, yes. Right, it was starting to feel comfortable. Uh -huh. And so that was, I think that's part of it, the uh -huh. reason why I liked it so much, because it felt good. Yes. And then of course what we just did this last year, which was an homage yes, to our our state. Yes. yes. And again, so many people collaborated in the creation of that yep. and putting it together. All, probably why it's so amazing to me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the fact that it's about home mm -hmm. and our history. And I got to teach cross-curricular things yeah. and 
I made the kids write stories about their character that they created and they could be as creative I as they wanted. It. And it was so fun. Yes. So when they were performing, they were that. Yes, they and were that, in That's it. an idea I got from some people, you know, in Iowa that mm -hmm. taught me, hey, you should make your kids do this. Yeah, and it's a very it's smart so way to cool. do a story show for sure. And you got to have a full season, didn't you? Like you, like yes. COVID happened literally like you got off a plane from California and like they shut down the world. <laughs> So we flew to California on three different airlines or yeah. three different airplanes yep. and two of them were in the air and my fine arts director called and said, Hey, are you flying? I'm like, Well, I'm on the phone with you, so I'm so, not in the air. No. But so no. But uh two of our the two larger groups have already left. And he said, Well, that's great because had you all been in the airport still, we were to, we were probably gonna ask you to come back home. Oh, and then so we were in school for four days. Yes, we were so lucky. And then we were in school for, for four days when we got back and then the state closed. Wow. But we literally finished our season. Four days later, we were out. I remember watching you be in California and thinking, okay, like they're still there. It's still happening. Like you got to go do it things. It was scary. Things were yes. still open. Like it was yes. just open. Everything was, was open. Yeah. I was just terrified, and and we didn't know. That's when we knew yeah. relatively oh, yeah. nothing. Mm -hmm. And yet we were all still like, although that by then I think a lot of us were concerned. I think it was becoming a real concern at that point. Um, yes. But the last time I traveled, I remember it was the weekend before that, and I was at Sioux City East judging, and that's just it's a gym comp, so it's huge. You know, it's tons and tons and tons of people. And Mitchell was there, so I was getting to see a bunch of people I knew, and you know, hugs and whatever, and like, Hugging, uh -huh. I mean. I just think it's a miracle that like that weekend went off the way it did. Although I will say I had the weirdest cold ever within 14 days after getting back from that. And I still think there's a chance that that was that. But I mean, at the time, you know, they were like, here's the three symptoms. You lose your taste, you lose your smell, you have a sore throat. And if it wasn't those three things or a fever, like it was like, well, this is not it. You know, but now and they were saying they were saying at that point that a lot of us and I think still yeah. would be asymptomatic. Right. So who knows right. how many of us exactly were sharing. I it. just choose to believe in the back of my mind that that was my COVID experience because <laughs> it was the weirdest fever and cold I've ever had. And it would make a lot of sense. I was in a room, a huge yep. room full of tons and tons of people. Thousands of people. No one's masking. No one's, you know, because why would we at that point? So, um, right. yeah, I totally get that. But I agree with you. I also want to say that. um some of your first shows, those first couple of years that you would come and compete in Lone Star, like, because it was like the beginnings of like, they definitely get it. Like you guys clearly understood where you were going with it, but you were just working your way there. And I love watching that. I love watching like progressions of groups in that way. So like, those are really special shows to me too, to go back and watch. But Oh, for sure. And and I, I remember we, we were um mashing together yes. so many yes oh my gosh that was what i loved about you guys you had like 47 songs a song and like and then right. everybody went the opposite direction for a couple of years because of he who shall not be named and then like uh -huh. and then now everyone's like no that's the right thing to do like you want to make it, it felt look good it's not normal to a regular song as possible and i'm like oh great we love a good mash <laughs> absolutely mm -hmm. those are my favorite especially when you can put something together that doesn't seem like it should fit i love that too i love that it's just i love that thing. Very, very much with you on that one. Okay, what is your favorite? Because you didn't do show choir in high school specifically. So, what is your favorite performance memory from being on stage ever? As a performer? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Um, I sang with Tulsa Opera for a couple of seasons. Ooh. And that was Opera really chorus. cool because it was, 
Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Not elite. did you decide you became an opera star no. and you didn't tell me? Okay, good. Uh, I wish. <laughs> I, I, maybe I could have, but that was a different life different a long time, time ago. Yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah. And so those were really amazing. Um, I will say, and this is as an educator, but my kids um, got to do a standalone concert at Carnegie Hall in 2014. Yeah. And that was super special. And I don't know if anybody's ever got to perform or conduct at Carnegie Hall, but yeah. there is something really austere about that place and it, it is it is humbling to yes. know who has been there it's hallowed and and it's very hallowed and you can feel it you walk in yeah. and in the spirit if you're sensitive to those things which i'm sure most of us are oh, yeah i think a lot of us are mm -hmm. it, it it hits you in the chest it's, it's hard to catch your breath yes. and it's it's be it's beautiful yes and i think more people need to have that experience although i feel like that would like maybe I don't know. You don't want it to become common because I think that's part of what creates that vibe in the room. But yeah, if right. you ever have the opportunity, do not turn that opportunity down, friends, is what we're saying. 100%. <laughs> okay. And then the last question, your most embarrassing stage moment, oh, either as a performer or as a director or something you watched your kids okay, do. Okay, this is funny. <laughs> Whenever I was, I think it was in my second year teaching, mm -hmm. I was taking my kids to, at middle school level, they go to district contests. They don't go to a state. They, okay. they finish one and done. And so I had gone to district contests and I loaded my kids up on the bus. I had all my music in the packets ready to give to the judges so they could, you know, adjudicate us. Yeah. And I left my music on our folio cabinet. Oh, no. I'm, and I'm such an over planner. We got to this, the venue yeah. like an hour early. Yeah. And our school was a 30 minute drive away. So I, I'm pulling up to the site and I think, oh my gosh. I did not pick up that music. Yeah. So I get on my cell phone, which was, uh, anyway. Like um, a brick. I'm a Nokia, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I call my principal and I said, hey, it's sitting right there on the folio. You've got to bring it to me or we cannot, they will not let us go on. Yeah. And he was like, okay, I'll get it. And I actually had a kid who missed getting to school on time. So he was able to bring her. Okay. And anyway, yeah. he, he was driving like a grandpa. Okay. He had taken the the counselor with him and she was like, you've got to step on it. Like, yeah. let's hit it. Yeah. Let's go. I'm literally, my kids are literally walking onto the performance <gasps> stage. We've gone through warm up. I have no music. And I'm thinking, oh my God, we're going to get on stage and they're going to be like, well, you have to get off stage now because you don't have any music. He runs in to hand me my music as my kids are getting onto the risers. Ah! So save the day. Hallelujah. That's not the embarrassing part. I mean, that's that is stressful enough. That's not, that was the stressful part. Remember I said I had called on my cell phone. Right. Well, it was in my breast pocket of my suit jacket. I'm conducting oh. the first number. And my friend from high school, who I had called the night before and he didn't answer, and I left a message saying, hey, miss you, give me a call sometime, calls <laughs> while my kids are singing. Oh, no. And this is prior to the age of sidebarring. This is when you have to get the phone out to, like, shut it off, I right? I absolutely reached into my pocket, kept conducting, turned off my phone. The judges didn't hear it. My kids didn't know what was going Thank on. Goodness. Hallelujah. But yes. I felt about one millimeter tall. And then your adrenaline for the rest of the time is oh, like God. pumping like you're running a marathon. Oh, no. Do they do recordings? For middle school age, probably they, not. But they, like, they didn't do recordings. Oh, and uh, but I asked, I asked people that were in the audience. I said, "Could you hear my cell phone ringing?" And they're like, "No, but we saw you messing around. We didn't know what <laughs> you were doing." Beat, like on your chest. <laughs> and and story ended well. My kids got superior ratings. Did a great job. But 
their director was a basket case. You're like, but I was an day. idiot, and all day long I felt like, yeah, <laughs> right. that's, that's an excellent one. <laughs> Makes me feel a lot uh, better about the times I've done really stupid stuff like that on stage myself. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with me. This is fun. Well, we I loved all thought out. Um, yeah, no, I had, I had to have you on. There was no way I wasn't going to.